welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. Today on the show, we are going to be breaking down, and by we, I mean me, because it's a solo episode. Uh, Justin is not here today. So uh, breaking down all the games over the course of Monday night, the San Jose Sharks go and put an eight spot up on the Anaheim Ducks, an eight to one win. The Leafs beat the Bruins 4-2. New Jersey takes the Devils and barely beats them despite winning 5-2. to two. We'll talk about that in a minute. And the Colorado Avalanche stave off a Nashville Predators comeback to win 5-3. So let's dive right in to the first game of the night, Toronto and Boston. The Leafs' first goal was somewhat controversial because of the way that they got the power play. Uh, it Really, it shouldn't have been a penalty for delay of game on Riley Nash. Uh, if you know, it, it was just he didn't he when when he cleared the puck, it hit the boards clearly. Uh, of course, clearly from the replay, but the referees got together and they determined that it was a delay of game penalty. And really quickly into that power play, James Van Riemsdyk pots his second goal of the series. And that was late in the first period, and the Leafs would go into the dressing room with a one nothing lead, which uh, was a big deal considering how poor of a first period start they had in game one and game two, especially considering the fact that the Leafs were the second highest first period scoring team in the NHL during the regular season. So imperative that they got off to a good start, especially being at home, keeping the crowd in it. And they they succeeded. I mean, they, they definitely gave up their chances, but the Leafs took a one nothing lead into the first intermission. But three minutes into the second period, Adam McQuaid got a slap shot by Frederick Anderson that, for all intents and purposes, should have been stopped. Uh, I think that some of the problem with Frederick Anderson thus far, and, and Mike Babcock said it, we talked about it on the show yesterday, that Mike Babcock, you know, despite Anderson playing so well for them in the regular season, he said he just needs to stop a puck. And whether or not it was his fault or not in in game one and game two, some of the goals that he let in, it, it almost doesn't matter. Uh, it's A coach, I think, is just sitting there going, can you just stop something, please? We, we need you to stop something. And it felt like a little more of the same when, uh, when that slap shot was able to just squeak through Frederick Anderson's pads and it was suddenly 1-1, uh, less about six minutes of playing time after the Leafs scored their first goal, uh, but 43 seconds later, Patrick Marlowe from Mitch Marner and Morgan Riley suddenly the game is two one. But then again, Chara takes the puck into the zone at about two and a half minutes later, and he has this really bad angle shot. It was the puck was on the red line on the the back side of the net. Uh, and he shot it from a bad angle, and it hits off of Anderson's head and goes in. And so a 2-2 game and both goals, you're thinking Dude, the Leafs are working their butts off to get these two goals. And the Bruins, not not to say that the Bruins weren't working hard. They, they, of course, we all know if you've watched any of these games how well they cycle the puck and how hard they work. But it seemed like the Bruins have been getting easy goals. It seems like... You know, the Leafs grind and grind and grind, and they finally get one, and then the Bruins go down and take a slap shot, and they score. And it's like, whereas the Leafs have to work so much harder to get a goal. And so I, I was 
in the moment, you're thinking, well, what do the Leafs have to do? I mean, they've scored two goals now, and Frederick Anderson has really blown it on both goals. And so I said it out loud. I said, he's going to have to be perfect the rest of the way, and he's going to have to steal the rest of the game. Because if he doesn't, the Bruins will probably be able to win this. Because, I mean, he made two mistakes already. And how many times does a goalie get to make three mistakes and still win a game? It's it's rare. And one guy that we've been talking about a lot the last week has been Austin Matthews. Whether or not that shoulder's bothering him. Whether or not uh, he's, you know, he's been intimidated by the Bruins or just being purely shut down and uh, you know what what does it take to shut down Austin Matthews and the Bruins are showing you a blueprint of how to do that uh, but Matthews scores a huge goal putting the Leafs up 3-2 with just over five minutes left in the second period from Willie Nylander and Zach Hyman that line producing the what will eventually become the game-winning goal but holy mackerel the Bruins were Consistently on the doorstep, they outshot the Leafs eighteen to seven in the third period. So they were they they had their not without their chances, and uh, but Patrick Marlowe with three minutes and thirty five seconds left gets a, a beautiful pass from Mitch Marner and puts the Leafs up by two with a few minutes left. But really, it was with about a minute and a half left. Frederick Anderson making what I have deemed the greatest save in a Leafs playoff game at the most important moment possible. It it was absolutely incredible. A one-timer across the crease. I I guess it wasn't directly a one-timer. It was a cross crease pass and a slight hesitation by Pasternak and he lets one rip and Anderson dives and sticks his stick across and bats the puck out, uh, just getting a little piece of that puck so that it deflects wide. And ultimately, I mean, I I think that if Pasternak had scored there, is there any doubt that the Bruins would have scored again? I mean, this team can be very fragile when it comes comes to giving up leads. So... Anderson redeeming himself with that save, uh, not to mention the countless other saves that he made in the third period, the 18 other saves he made in the third period. Frederick Anderson, the first star of the game, uh, made 40 saves, and the Leafs win that one 4-2. to two. So it's 2-1 to one in the series, and the Leafs look like they're alive, but I still, when I watched that game, I said... You know, obviously, before this game, Pasternak shooting 50% shooting percentage, which is just unrealistic and ridiculous to be shooting 50%. Not going to happen throughout the rest of the series. But at the same time, oh, man, the Bruins kept coming and kept coming. And maybe despite Anderson letting in a couple bad goals, he did make some, probably some pretty lucky saves. And so what happens if he makes a mistake and a couple of those decent shots that that no one's going to fault Anderson on goes in, I think that you uh, you know this this Bruins team looks like they could still win this series in five, uh, but it wouldn't shock me to see the Leafs come back and and win the fourth game. Uh, I it's going to be tough for the Leafs to win in Boston at all. I think if they have any hope. 
to win in Boston, it's going to have to be in that seventh game because I, I don't see the Bruins going home after two losses in a row and not being able to to win that one. But we shall see. This series is finally a series, and uh, Thursday night is the next game for that. Let's move on to the New Jersey Devils and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, can we just say the Taylor Hall show? Uh, Taylor Hall had three three points in this one. He had two assists and a goal. Uh, but Alex Kalorn is the one who starts it off on the power play for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Kalorn has just been a power play monster. Had three power play goals so far in the playoffs. And he had two all regular season. So saving it up for the postseason is, uh, you know, typically you get the guy who is scoring a few more extra goals in the postseason. And it looks like it's going to be Alex Kalorn for the Lightning. So uh, he gets his fourth of the playoffs. But And that was only 42 seconds into the second period that he scores the first goal of the game. Uh, but then Taylor Hall later in the period scores his second. And man, that guy, he just he does it all himself. He took the puck into the zone. makes the He just creates space for himself. He's, he's not out there looking for space. He gets the puck and he just creates his own positioning. It's incredible. Uh, it's incredible what he's been able to do. And he is finally living up to that first overall caliber that, that I think we all thought that he had when he was playing uh, in Windsor for the Spitfires in junior hockey. Uh, Stamkos finally scores a goal in the playoffs, his first goal in over six weeks. Uh, that one also on the power play. And, you know, that would be Tampa Bay. Would they, I mean, outside the power play, do they look dangerous? Sure, sure, absolutely. I mean, Tampa Bay, 36 shots on goal. But, you know, outside of the power play, they didn't, Develop as many opportunities as uh, maybe you'd like. Will Butcher finally scoring on the power play for the Devils, and that one was that was one of Taylor Hall's assists. And then Stefan Nosen, who's just been who's been a great story. He he played for the Plymouth Whalers here uh, back when they were in in Plymouth, and that's actually where I live. And so I I watched him, uh, you know, back when he was on the Whalers. And so good good on him for. Uh, really making himself a little career here. I and mean, it looked like he was going to be done. He had a lot of injuries. And here he is scoring the game-winning goal for the Devils in the playoffs. Uh, just a really exciting story for uh, Stefan Nosen. Uh, and then, of course, there was there was actually some pretty intense... Uh, Sergachev, you know, there was, there was a play. Sergachev and Coleman... Uh, they're coming. They come together. It, it almost looked like maybe Sergachev didn't see Coleman, but at the last second, he sticks out his hip and his elbow, and he catches Coleman up high. He Sergachev does go to the box, but uh, you know the broadcasters were saying that it, maybe it wasn't super intentional, and that he didn't have a chance. And and the way that it looked to me was one of those. In, yeah, I'm trying to make it look like it wasn't intentional, but I know exactly what I'm doing. And so after that happens, good to see Coleman come down and score a shorthanded goal. Uh, and it was in the empty net. It was it was just really he was just trying to dump the puck out, and it just kind of took a weird little uh, – the puck had a weird spin on it and a roll on it, and it happened to go into the net. But good for him scoring that goal. Uh, his second of the playoffs, and then Ben Lovejoy added another goal into the empty net. But New New Jersey played 
a much more solid five on five game. And while they did still give up power plays to the, to the Lightning, uh, their penalty looked a little their penalty their power play. Excuse me, uh, it did look better. Uh, the biggest difference, even though they only were able to score once in the power play, I mean the Devils got seven power plays. So I think that if you're the Devils, you're going, all right, what's our what's our recipe for success? It's let's get on the, let's get on the power play a lot because that's just eliminating that five on five time and and more potential for penalties yourself. And so for the Devils, I think that that was a huge boost for them. Forty one shots on goal for the Devils in a win. If there's anything to be concerned about, it's the fact that Corey Schneider. Uh, looked like he may have hurt his groin or his knee uh, on a play where you know there was a couple of guys crashing the net. And he stayed in the game, but looked really uncomfortable, and you could see him stretching when the when the puck wasn't in the zone, and it it looked like I don't know, you know, there there could be a problem, but uh, at the same time, Corey Schneider was great in this game. So you're hoping that uh, that there's no injury. There's been no reports, uh, but even if he's you know he's going to play and he's not quote unquote injured, but is there something going on there? He had some issues early on in the season, and so you just wonder: Can Corey Schneider stay healthy for long enough to help this Devils team? I mean, it'll be a it would be a hell of a comeback for the Devils if they were to able to muster up anything against the Lightning. Uh, I think that. Hey, good on them for for winning a game. If they could manage to win one more and get an extra playoff game in there for their team, I, I don't. I think the Devils organization would be thrilled just uh, making that little bit of extra money and and just creating that buzz that the Devils haven't had in a long time. Okay, uh, let's move on to the Colorado Nashville series, where honestly, I mean, Colorado just overwhelmed Nashville with their speed. It was incredible. I mean, it is not too often that Pekarene is pulled from a game, especially this season in his Vesna Trophy candidacy that he's he's up for. He's he's played fantastic, but in this game, and I won't even say that he necessarily played poorly in this one, but he was chased probably more so for the fact that his team did not play very well in front of him, and it was Tortorella's opportunity to try and wake his team up. In the first period, Blake Como gets things started at the 150 mark, and then you've got Gabriel Bork and Nathan McKinnon finishing the scoring in the first, and early on four minutes into the second period, McKinnon adds yet another goal. And all of those even strength. So that I mean that's impressive. Four even strength goals against one of the better even strength teams in the league. So Nashville pulls Pekka Rene, and what do they do? They Score pretty soon after that. Ryan Johansson gets his second on the power play, and seven minutes into the third, Colton Sisson scores. So it's suddenly it's a game. It's four two, uh, but with about a minute and a half left, Gabriel Landeskog scores the empty goal. Austin Watson gets one a little twenty seconds later to make it five three. But this game, when you look at five three and all the Avalanche had an empty net goal, you can kind of think, well, it was sort of more like a one-goal game, but it really wasn't. This was Nashville scoring goals when it was it was four nothing. I mean, it was Colorado was holding them off pretty well, and their speed was a huge factor. Uh, I don't think that Nashville was ready for 
what they would be able to bring to the table in this game. I don't know if it has something to do with the elevation, perhaps, but Colorado came out. And really, they've started strong all three games, and Nashville has been able to come back in the previous two, but uh, Colorado just looked like they finally, not only were they going to start strong, but they kept pushing, and they kept pushing, and Jonathan Bernier had his best game of the series. So, and obviously, Rene had his worst game of the series. Uh, I don't expect, you know, I, I read uh, read an article at Hockey Buzz that was uh, talking about how the Predators, really, it was it was Paul McCann, he's a Nashville Predators radio guy, and and he was saying that, you know, if the Predators aren't careful, you know, they're going to, the, you know, this team needs a kick in the ass because they, they're going to blow this lead and they could end up being a first-round uh, upset victim. And I don't know if I fully would agree with that. I, I Yes, I think that Colorado has had some quick starts, but, I mean, the, the first round, the first round is difficult, but the Predators, despite getting giving up the first goal in all three games are still up to one in this series and will have won both games at home. I would expect that the next game, this will be your typical, all right, you got that one game from us, good job. I mean, the Avalanche hadn't beat the Predators in 12 games. So it was bound to happen eventually, and now uh, the the Predators are going to take over the series. I, I, would, I think they're going to go, we got to get the first goal in this next game shut the crowd out and just kill their momentum and just keep it pouring on. I, I would expect a Nashville victory in the next game, but am I am I secretly a little bit I'm hoping I'm actually not cheering for Colorado. I don't want Colorado to win. No no offense to Colorado fans. I, I think that it's it's amazing that Colorado got here, but I want to see Winnipeg and Nashville in the second round. And that's that's no knock on Minnesota. I just think that it would be great to have powerhouse second round matchups. If we see it, it truly, it, I mean, as a Leafs fan, of course, I want to see the Leafs in the second round. But it truly, if if it's Tampa and Boston, what a fantastic second round powerhouse matchup that is. If if we're talking Pittsburgh Blue Jackets, Pittsburgh Washington, there's another powerhouse, Winnipeg and Nashville. That would be an unbelievable second round. And even, I mean, it's it's funny that. You know, we'd be saying San Jose and Las Vegas, but these two teams are on the verge of a sweep. And that brings us to our final game. San Jose Sharks just blow the Anaheim Ducks out of the water, winning eight to one. And you know, a lot you you see eight to one and you go, Hold like did John Gibson just sit on the top of the crossbar and just watch his goals went in. No, actually, he made quite a few great stops early on. I mean, this game was tied 1-1 at the end of the first period. The Ducks were playing okay. I wouldn't say the Ducks were playing great at the end of the first, uh, but they, I mean, they were out shooting the Sharks. I think the Sharks probably had more opportunities in the first, uh, despite being outshot, but 1-1 after 1, and it, my God, it just fell apart in the second period. A four-goal second, goals from, I mean, this this line, Don Skoy and Kane uh, and Sorensen, they just look fantastic. Uh, yeah, the Sharks, and then in the third period, get three more, so an 8-1. to one. What do you say about an 8-1? to one? What do you do if you're the Ducks? Now you're down 3 nothing. Is there any hope for the Anaheim Ducks to come back in this series? And I truly, this isn't, 
this isn't like San Jose and LA a few years ago when San Jose blew the three nothing lead. Because at the time, San Jose kind of almost played right into the Kings' hands. Uh, the Kings were able to actually slow them down. They they had a system that worked at the time. The Ducks, and we talked about it on last night's show, we talked that their system is just gone by the wayside. And it's at this point, you can when you build a team based around speed, maybe it's even helped the fact that Joe Thornton hasn't been in these games because they're able to just load their lineup with a, a whole lot of speed. And Anaheim can't really catch these guys. I mean, I I don't I'm not going to go and say well Anaheim's d- cooked they're they're definitely getting swept but it certainly doesn't look like they're going to win the series I I wouldn't think either of these series uh, are going to go longer than five or six you, you can always see a team squeaking back in a little bit but and it's hard to win four games in a row it is hard to win four games in a row I mean it's it's happened four times in the history of the league so I, I we're not going to see it again this year that is. Uh, that is all I will say about that. Martin Jones, uh, in a, despite a, an eight-one win, Martin Jones did make some pretty impressive saves. I mean, he made forty-five saves in an eight-one win. That's that's weird, right? Like, that's that seems a little strong. Almost fifty shots on goal for the Anaheim Ducks in a, an eight-one losing effort. Uh, but Martin Jones played really well in the first and and early on in the second period to keep it a. A two goal game. Once once San Jose had a couple a couple more in the second, he made some very clutch saves to keep the game where it was and to allow San Jose the ability to go up by such a margin. So San Jose up three nothing. Uh, ironically, the two two teams that are leading the way in terms of wins thus far, leading their series three nothing, are both Pacific Division teams. So. Take that for what it's worth. Washington, Columbus tonight, Winnipeg, Minnesota, and then Vegas with the opportunity to sweep the Kings all tonight. Looking forward to that. I will be back tomorrow to break down all the games and answer any of your questions. You can tweet at us at OT Hockey Talk. Looking forward to it. We will talk to you later.